It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays, raining Jays. Millie's. Welcome back, this is the Locked On Celtics Podcast And we want to thank you for making this part of your daily routine We're here for you Monday through Friday Even a little delayed on this Friday We're still doing this Friday podcast Ending your week in style It's me, John Corrales, J. King I'm with Mass Live. Jay's with The Athletic. We're the Rain and Jays, joined by my partner on Mass Live, Tom Westerholm. I guess we should not – we should just introduce Jay as former Mass Live employee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Current The Athletic. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, yeah. current – whatever. But it's the, it's the Mass Live part that we really – that's really what it is. Uh, the Athletic part works too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So <laughs> the reason we've all congregated together – is because we've all done these pieces all week long on what what the hell happens to the Celtics if certain things happen. Kyrie stays, we get Anthony Davis. Kyrie leaves, we get Anthony Davis. Kyrie leaves, we don't get Anthony Davis. So Tom and I wrote about those in three separate pieces. Jay wrote about Kyrie leaving in his own athletic piece. And we're going to break down our rationale for everything uh, that happened here. And all of this is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com. And get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Untuck it if you're looking for a great Father's Day idea. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA for 20% off. And Grip 6 Belts, ultra light with no holes, no flap. And it's a great Father's Day gift. Go to grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E, for a special offer there. And, of course, you can always subscribe using the new Himalaya podcast app. Free, super easy to use. Every single podcast you're looking for. Curated playlists made just for you by the expert podcast tastemakers. That's the Himalaya podcast app where everywhere podcasts exist. And you can also tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on Celtics. Okay, all that out of the way. Let's start with our scenarios. And let's let's get ours out of the way, Tom and Jay. You can chime in because you didn't talk about Kyrie and Anthony Davis being together. You just had Kyrie leaving, right? That is correct. Okay, so we're gonna go with the Kyrie and Anthony Davis are Celtics scenario, and uh, let's start with this: Is this a fair trade for? Anthony Davis going back and forth. Uh, we settled on smart Tatum, the 14th pick, uh, Robert Williams and the Memphis pick for Anthony Davis. Jay, do you think that's a fair, you think that's enough to get it done? Uh, yeah. So some people I've spoken to haven't been convinced that the Celtics would need to load up Tatum smart and the Grizzlies pick. Um, if all those pieces were involved, I think they probably would, and most people think they probably would, but just because the Lakers' assets aren't what they used to be with guys dealing with injuries, whether it's Lonzo, Brandon Ingram with the scary blood clots, uh, the Knicks, I don't think they can top, an, I'm not sure they can top an offer with headlined by Jason Tatum no matter what. And so I, I'm not 100% convinced the Celtics would need to offer all of it, but the Pelicans have all the leverage. And there will be a lot of suitors, numerous suitors, who are very kind of desperate to get AD. <laughs> so so it, it might take all of what the Celtics have. So, But in this scenario, on... they, they keep Jalen Brown. Yes. 
Correct. That is correct. <laughs> and I and I will say I have a hard time imagining the Celtics ponying up both Jalen and Tatum in one offer without um, just without the knowledge. I don't think AD is at any point going to give them an indication that you know yes or no he's going to stay. And I feel like without that, it would be really tough to give up every single asset in that way. That feels like that would be. A, you know, a real tall ask on New Orleans' part, which I'm sure they'll try, but I, I don't know that, that that they'll actually be able to come to come to an agreement it, on that. Is it possible Jalen and Tatum are the two best prospects available? Um, or potentially available? Of all the, pl- I mean, I might, I might like maybe the third Ingram, overall pick. I might give Ingram. If he's but healthy, the blood clot things are scary. That's well, exactly. Yeah, I don't know that that's why I said if that. he's healthy, like that's that's the key thing. If he's healthy, and if those aren't going to scare you off, then I, I don't know. I really don't know what the medical is on that. I, I'm scared off by it. That's for sure. And the third pick and the fourth pick, depending on how you evaluate this draft, I guess, could be seen as better. Um, sure, but okay. But the question then becomes: Is R.J. Barrett to you better than Jason Tatum? Because that's really because everything else the Knicks have to offer isn't better than Tatum or Brown or RJ Barrett with four years on a rookie deal plus whatever other team control you have versus Tatum with just two more. Sure, but so, is it is it worth giving up the other stuff like that the Celtics could give you? Is it worth giving up that Grizzlies pick? Is it worth giving up the fourteenth pick uh, or Marcus Smart even to get a guy just two more years on a rookie contract? Yeah, Marcus Smart, I feel like, has been overlooked in this. Like, people are, yeah. in some ways, acting like Marcus Smart would just be salary to throw in. Like, the guy was first-team all-defense. Right. He's, he's a, become a valuable offensive player. He's now a league-average shooter. Like, he's really good. And he's on a really valuable contract for the next three years. So, that like, that's a plus asset for sure right now. Smart's mm-hmm. contract. Uh, and, and and let's be fair. He's both. He's all, he, they need him for the salary and he's a good player. Like he's both of those things because you don't get this done without Marcus smart. Like he's, he makes $12 million and to match these salaries, the way I have it structured smart Tatum, the 14th pick who you select and sign and aggregate that salary, then that gets the deal done financially. If you don't have Marcus smart, if you insist on keeping Marcus smart, then you're you're in trouble. You can't you can't get the deal done unless you include Jalen Brown, and then it's Tatum and Brown. So or some like, far fetched sign and trade. Yeah, I, options. You have options, but again, those are far fetched. Like this is the most realistic deal, I think. Yep, agreed. Okay, so so we're agreed that this this would be enough to get the deal done for the uh, the Pelicans. Okay, so now Kyrie and Anthony Davis are here. Uh, they're over the cap. Now, my first move was to renegotiate Al Horford. I've gotten a little bit of shit online about it, but I think I'm going five years. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't have to be five years. Maybe it's four years. But if you give them five years starting at about 15 or 15-5, you can get out to an 89-something million dollar. You can get it to basically almost 90. And you can structure it as 90 million, however the numbers need to work out. But I think that's that long-term type of deal. You can shave a year off, which Tom, I believe you did, right? I did do that. Yep. And, and when you shave a year off, you're still, you know, a good, uh, I think it was like either. Yeah. It was like about 40 million more guaranteed even like than his, his deal for next year. Um, you know, even with that year trimmed off, but yeah, I did trim one year off. Yeah. And you start, so you started, I'm just going through your piece. You started with, I think a little bit higher first year salary and went four years. So I, you went, I believe so. Mine, mine ended up being four years and about 72 million. Okay. So, okay. So you start with a little bit of a higher first year salary either way. And Jay, we've talked about this. I think in, in all of these scenarios, I think it's a good bet that longer term money f- with that security for Al Horford is very attractive for him. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to think so. At at his age, he's going to be 33 when the next season starts. He'd have to give up money at, at the start of the contract, but it could be 
well worth it financially to lock up the the next couple of years, few years, whatever it is for him. I, I do think he wants to see assurances that the Celtics are going to remain contenders before sticking with the team. That That's at least the, the vibe I got um, when he discussed it briefly. Mm-hmm. But if obviously if you get AD, if Kyrie comes back, look, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a contender, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. But, yeah, I, I, his free agency is, is – really important to the Celtics to me like they need to convince him to stay and whether Kyrie goes Kyrie stays like if both those guys go then you're looking at full rebuild um and a team that definitely can't contend and a team like then you trade Hayward it's gonna be a wild summer (laughs) every time I think about it all Let's, Let's save the down. trade Hayward for the, the the last <laughs> segment because that's something that uh, or or the next segment that's something that we we definitely get into. Um, okay, so in this scenario, we've gotten Davis. Kyrie sticks around. He's got the max contract starting at thirty two point seven, well over the cap, well over the tax. Um, so now we're filling out. We're, we're Everybody on board with re-signing Marcus Morris in this scenario. I think you need him on the bench, right? You you yep. did that, Tom. I think I that did. makes I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and just just discuss that for a quick second. A, a reasonable number, I think, at ten million a year. Maybe do you think that's enough to bring Morris back? Or do you have to go a little bit higher? I went a little bit higher, um, but not too much higher. I ended up giving him roughly Marcus Smart money for two years. Um, that I, I don't know for like a fact that that would get him, uh, but giving him roughly two years, roughly 26 million total, um, that almost equals his career earnings to date in his eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely like a, like a decent contract, but I mean, l- I mean, listen, he had a, he had a pretty good playoffs. He started the year really hot and a lot of people sort of formed their opinions on him, you know, during that stretch. And I, I, I could see him getting more. Um, so I, I think that that was, that was where I ended up on it. I ended up with the, the two years and paying him a little bit extra and, you know, kind of keeping that future flexibility after the two years. But I, I think that there, that it's certainly possible that, um, you know, he ends up with, with something better than that. Jay, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it, it all, all depends on the market. There, there are a lot of teams with cap space and yep. a lot of teams that, could look to use that cap space elsewhere if they whiff on their top targets. Um, I do think it, there's kind of a weird dynamic, not not a necessarily a weird dynamic, but I do think a couple of those teams are smart teams that are kind of building for the future. So if they whiff, like I think the Clippers, if they whiff, they're not going to give a lot of money to a guy like Marcus Morris. They're going to keep the flexibility to go after stars moving forward. I think the Nets, probably the same thing. Um, yeah. If they whiff on their top targets, they'll probably do the same thing. So there might not be as much money as you think. Um, but, like, if the Lakers miss on guys, then they're going to be trying to bring in vets and try to win right away because they've got LeBron. <laughs> they need mm-hmm. to do that. So it, it, he's, he's a guy. I, I don't know what the market will be for him. Obviously, he had a pretty good year. Um, obviously, like, like Tom said, like, halfway through the season i thought he was gonna get a, a big hefty bag oh yeah <laughs> now now it'll be like pretty big bag it's he, it's the bag. Bag. he will not yeah because i do think he i do think he salvaged like you know not all of the value that he was getting when he was shooting like 50 percent from three but i do think he salvaged some of his value by playing pretty well in the playoffs like he was one of their more reliable guys in a lot of ways and i think that you know i think that's going to stick with a lot of teams and even though he slumped in the second half, he, it was still his most efficient season. He showed he can yeah. play pick, pick and pop three. He showed he can be a, more of a spot up three point shooter. He eliminated some of the ISO MOOC stuff. <laughs> that, <laughs> he that eliminated a lot of it early and then it came back. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm just trying to go through Philly's cap because, Jay, you brought up Philly way early in the in the whole thing and i don't know that i'm trying to look at their cap holds and and, and everything it's, it's too complicated to do right now but I, i'm trying to think of threats 
to to the Celtics for re-signing him. My my thought was I started him at 10 million. And that that basically equals three years. I I went I went three year deal. Three years thirty-two. In this situation, you can pump it up to a little bit more because it doesn't matter. You're already over the cap. It's it's a matter of taxing. You want to go to eleven and give him three years thirty-five if it's a three year deal, that's fine. That 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 also works in this scenario. So Mook coming back, and then now we're playing around with exceptions. And in this scenario, right? And real quick, and and real quick, we should note because like, I don't think we necessarily did in this scenario where they're over the cap. It's it's basically like because they have the boot, the the bird rights on Mook, they kind of have to get bring him back, right? Because yes. I mean, right. otherwise, they don't have to... uh, like otherwise, they just don't have the bodies and they don't have any money to go get anybody else. Right. The only money yet to be clear, the only money they have in this scenario after making that trade is is a mid-level exception and veteran minimum contracts. So the bird rights on Mook is you you really have no choice. He's he's the best player you're going to get and you can go ahead and give him 10, 11, 12 million whatever the number you think he should get. Like that that you can spend and it's that that that's your right to spend it with with the bird rights. So that's that's a, an important clarification. Okay, so after that now we basically have a team that's above the tax. Um, you you can't sign and trade. Terry Rozier is out in this scenario. He's gone. Uh, Daniel Tice, I assume, out in this scenario for everybody. Uh, they're not going to be able to give him. It's a weird scenario with him. It's early bird rights. So the most they can give him is like two, just over $2 million. Um, and he could probably get more than that in Germany. So he's gone. I assume Wanamaker's gone. So we've got now a mid-level exception and veteran minimum contracts. So my mid-level went to Corey Joseph, who I think at the taxpayer mid-level, he might be able to get a little bit more than $5.7 million, But my pitch to him is $5.7 million, one year. You're the backup. You get the shine. This is a championship-level team. You, If you can be an adequate backup point guard, you can – you can play here for a year and then increase your value and then go get a longer term deal somewhere else. And then I filled out my bench with Jared Dudley, Jamal Crawford, and then the two draft picks, which I don't think matter in this scenario because they're not going to play. Who's playing backup three for you? Mook. So he ain't a three though. Oh wait, no, wait, no, I'm sorry. I got Jalen coming off the bench. Okay. My start, my starting, my starting lineup will be Kyrie, Anthony Davis, Gordon Hayward, um, Wait, Kyrie, Horford. yeah, Kyrie, Anthony Davis, Horford, Hayward, and oh wait, do I have Brown in the starting lineup? Maybe I have Mook in the starting lineup and Brown coming off the bench. Um, regardless, I, I, I think you can work it out. I think you can work that out. Mook's, Mook's more than four for sure. Yeah, you don't have much many threes on that. I, I might throw throw that Corey Joseph money at a, at a three. Yeah, but who's your backup point a guard two, then? Three. Sound yeah. like a a Larkin and Wanamaker type, or a guy Raymond Felton and or something. Both Wanamaker and Larkin, I believe, uh, they also have bird rights on. By the way, I had I actually brought Wanamaker back for that reason. You have you have um, I believe early bird the same reason. So I think I got to look at the Wanamaker a Celtic for another year. <laughs> I think. And and it's not that he's going to get this. I mean, they have to make a one point six million dollar qualifying offer, like that's and that might just be what he signs for. Like that's who's going to give Wanamaker more than one point six million dollars? So that that's yeah. definitely like he can just they could just give him the qualifying offer and say that's your offer, and then he can sign for a year and just be unrestricted next year. That could work. I mean, I, I didn't see enough from Wanamaker to to like I, I think he's okay, but. Are you trusting him to be the backup point guard on this team? I don't know. Well, I'm not because I threw my uh, my taxpayer mid-level at a point guard, too. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You went with Ish Smith in this scenario, right? I did, yeah. I, I mean, I figured – I mean, listen, he's not, you know, going to be the, the most reliable, like, shooter or anything like that. But, I mean, he's he's quick. He can handle the ball. He can distribute. I mean – at this point, you just kind of with the taxpayer mid level, you're not going to get like the perfect player. So I just wanted somebody who could kind of get everybody involved and could kind of initiate the offense when Kyrie leaves. Well, when Kyrie leaves the game, not Boston. <laughs> right, 
Right. I mean, how much could Jared? I got Jared Dudley on a minimum contract. How much can he give you off the bench as a three? Not much. He's 15 a, minutes? Four. Sometimes a, he's a four, sometimes a five now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I'm okay. So I definitely, I definitely have a hole in this, in this roster. You're not going to build a perfect roster. I think that's part of the exercise here to just know, like you're, you're, what are your options? Like, okay, fine. If you don't think Corey Joseph or a backup point guard with the mid level. So you go throw that money at a, a small forward, uh, um, Dozier, son. <laughs> well, I mean, you could, I mean, this, and, and that's, again, the point of this exercise is. There are tough decisions, and even if you trade for Anthony Davis and you have him and Kyrie and Gordon and Jalen, I mean, it's a, it's a very front-loaded roster. You you don't have a ton of money to bring anybody back. I mean, it would be very simple if Terry Rozier was happy being a point guard, a backup point guard, but he's not, because then they could use his bird rights. That would solve a lot of problems, but he, he can't fit in the, that role, so he's got to go. Um, now, So what now you're left Reece- with... What about re-signing him just to trade him later? Um, I mean, you could, you could pull a a sign and trade, and it makes it a sign and trade for him. Like, so say he wants to go to Phoenix, whatever, or Chicago. I mean, Chicago. If you want to see if they can play along, you can you can give. Uh, you can give Rozier a contract and trade him into their cap space and get a trade exception. He'd be a basier compensation guy. So his, his contract would, his, the trade exception you get back would basically be worth, I think half of his contract. So you could, it still gives you a, a tool. So you sign him for $12 million. You trade him to Phoenix, let's say in a sign and trade and you get back a $6 million trade exception where you could use that 6 million to maybe go out and, and trade for a point guard. It's, it's not great, but it's, it's more than you have currently. So there's, there's something you can do. Um, the Celtics can't take back a sign and trade guy because they'd be hard capped and, and they'd be, they'd be spending too much money. Uh, you'd be or just hard- keep them for six months, trade them in February. Do you, I, I don't want Terry Rozier in that in that situation. You, you trade him in February for what? Like, like you you want Terry Rozier another six months of this bullshit that he was just going through? Like he's not even going to agree to that. Like there, there's for twelve million, he has no choice. Whatever it is, you know. I mean, so, unless he gets yeah, an he offer is, like he that is restricted. Yeah. He, I mean, that's true. The, the Celtics could match and bring him back. <laughs> Do you? I don't know. I don't know that I want that. At all, like I definitely don't want that. Scenario. I don't know. I, like if if I was strapped to get depth, I'd be I'd be cool with bringing Terry back and even telling him, like, look, we're not going to keep you around forever. We're going to look to trade you, and we're going to look to find you a spot where you can play a lot of minutes. But for now, we'd like to have you around and use your contract, and we'll give you minutes just like we did last year, and hopefully you can. Use those better than you did last year. <laughs> Let's have a new star here. I don't know. Uh, one, to, to, one, me, to me, letting, a, letting an asset go just because, especially in a situation where you could need salary for trades at a later date, would be an anti-Celtics thing to do. One thing I think we are somewhat kind of passing over here with the depth questions is that the Celtics in our scenario, they do still have two draft picks. And I know that rookies aren't all, you know, like reliable necessarily, especially in once you get into the twenties. But I mean, if you are looking for a backup three and you're really in a pinch, it's like, okay, you know, maybe the Celtics take Keldon Johnson. Maybe they, you know, take some guy who can, I mean, yeah, Taylor Horton Tucker, like guys who can, who are versatile and can do a bunch of different things. So, I mean, they're, there would be some options that, you know, I, I'm maybe you get lucky and maybe the rookie can contribute right away. And, you know, maybe you're a little less lucky and, you know, more expected where, where it takes them a few years to get going. But if you're just looking for that backup role and, and maybe you can kind of, you know, play with things and, and try to stagger Jalen and Hayward, you know, there are some options there with, with young guys, um, even if they aren't the most reliable. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's some. I, I, I don't like, I, and I admit, I'm not the biggest draft guy right now. So, um, I'm not, I'm not looking I at am. a lot. Of, I know you are. I know you are. You're, <laughs> you're, the, you're the draft guy. Um, and 
I, I don't expect, I mean, they, they could, they could, but I mean, you're looking at the 20th pick, 22nd pick in the draft. I don't know how much you can expect from them right away. I know we're living in a world right now where everybody's losing their mind over Pascal Siakam and he was a 27th pick. And so those guys can eventually become useful. I don't know that they get, they become useful in, in an immediate scenario. Um, but again, it speaks to the difficulty of doing this, that you may have to rely on the 20th pick in the draft to give you a player that you cross your fingers and hope we, we're going to need something out of this guy. We can't just send him to the G league all year. So there's there there is difficulty all the way around. Why don't we take a break? That's that's our they trade for Anthony Davis scenario uh, and keep Kyrie. We'll continue the conversation afterwards with our second piece, which was Kyrie and Anthony Davis, both not Celtics. So the complete opposite doomsday scenario, uh, because really, honestly, the third segment where Kyrie leaves and they still trade for Anthony Davis, I hate. I've come to hate that, and we're going to save that for last. So we'll come right back and talk about more of this on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. So all week long, Tom and I have been creating these scenarios and figuring out what these rosters are going to be. And now Jay has his piece on what if Kyrie leaves. Jay... I didn't get a chance to read your piece yet. Do you do you get into the is Anthony Davis gone as well? Is this a I, your I went out and traded traded for Anthony Davis. You did. Yep. Okay. So we'll we'll really get into the meat of yours in the next. Rolling that dice. Rolling those dice. Okay. <laughs> so for us in this second second segment, we've got both of those guys gone, and now. In this scenario, here's the question, because now Tom and I each split the the possibilities here just to give a different look. Tom, you had Al Horford saying goodbye. So you now I did. So you went with Horford's gone, Kyrie's gone, no Anthony Davis. This is doomsday. This is everything. Gone. So you start with Smart, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, Yabu, Robert Williams, Shemi Ojale. And now you have yes. Aaron Baines coming back. And so you rely on the draft. You are now, this is a young guy. We're, we're just going with the youth. Yeah. And so basically with the draft, I mean, I looked at, with the with the team the Celtics have, like with the draft, you can basically go best talent available the whole time, um, which is a nice way to be able to draft because then you can, you know, really pick up some value. So, I mean, 
no, without getting too much into the draft guys, I went Romeo Langford um, at the two guard who I, I'm pretty high on. I think he's got a lot of potential as a slasher, uh, maybe some potential as a, as a shooter. Once his hand heals, um, Taylor Horton Tucker, who reminds me a little of Marcus smart in that he defends really hard and can defend basically one through five. Um, and Grant Williams, um, who's just like a, a big body who can pick and pop. Um, so, you know, with that, you're going to have, you're going to have some interesting issues with, with this scenario. You're going to have some interesting issues, especially at, like at the point guard, because as, as good as Marcus smart was kind of spotting up this year, um, you know, he's never going to be a guy who hurts you off the dribble from three, probably I'm sure he thinks he can, but, um, but you know, the, the team that I ended up putting together, the, the, the big signing, you actually create about 26 million in uh cap space um, with all of if Horford leaves and, and, uh, and again, Kyrie leaves and they don't trade for AD. So I actually went out and uh, pursued Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, the Pacers small forward who, um, you know, I don't think that he, obviously he's not the best player on a title contending team, but on this Celtics team where, you know, they're trying to, they're probably putting things kind of in Tatum's hands. I think he's kind of an intriguing second guy who can hit threes and, you know, space the floor and do a couple of other tricky things as well. Um, so it was, it was an interesting exercise just to kind of, look at things okay what if obviously we've been operating under this assumption that the Celtics don't have any cap space but what if everything goes wrong and they do have a little room to pursue somebody because I mean there were other in names out there as well like you know they could take a shot at Julius Randle they could you know go after they could go after other guys who aren't max guys because you know they are still going to need to fill out a roster but who are you know still intriguing talents who who bring something to the table um you know this team obviously is not a championship contender, but they're young and they're fun. And, you know, I do think that they would at the very least compete uh, for, for a playoff spot. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe, maybe looking like a six or seven seed with them too. So. Would you, in, instead of giving that money to Bogdanovich, do you think they'd be better off throwing an offer sheet at a young guy? Is there a young guy that would even be? Yeah. <laughs> I wondered about that. I, I think that's, I think that's plausible. I do kind of wonder, though, um, if they would value going after the young guy or if they would value the sort of the playoff reps. Obviously, Tatum and Brown have gotten playoff reps, but I mean, if you're trying to, if those are, if those guys are your focus now, um, is it more valuable to bring in a young guy on an offer sheet or is it more valuable to, you know, get somebody who can help those guys, who can sort of facilitate those guys now as they develop? And I, like, I don't know the answer to that question. I think it could go either way. The guy I would be thinking like uh, Sadoransky. Like, yeah, I, li- I, I like Sadoransky. He's kind of got some versatility. He can play a little point guard. Like, good spot up shooter. Yeah. I don't know how much money it would take to lure him away from Washington. I, I think they think pretty highly of him after how he played this past year. But something like that would be interesting to me. And I believe he's restricted, right? Um, if I recall. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so. so funny how we went from like Kyrie and Anthony Davis to like, ooh, Sadoransky <laughs> or Boyan. <Bogdan, like, laughs> Or Boyan. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, Sadoransky, you'd have to convince him to, to leave, and you'd also have to like hit a number that the, that the, that the Wizards wouldn't match, which might be tough. But yeah, uh, they, I mean, he would be an interesting guy too. Yeah, but the Wizards, though, I mean, that, I, I like that idea because the Wizards are already an expensive team. And, and how much money are they going to spend to keep a guy like Sadoransky? It really depends. Like, first of all, they don't have a GM yet. So yes. they, need, they need to, like, have a front office. So that's pretty much a, a big priority. Uh, I just wonder maybe if, um, if uh, Maury will just force his way out of Houston and go ahead and try a rebuild in, uh, in Washington. Houston's a mess. Anyway, that's an aside. Sadoransky would be – he is restricted – you would have to overpay because you have to overpay a restricted free agent anyway to to lure him away and to have the team not match because if it's a reasonable offer they'll just match a reasonable offer. So you got to overpay a little bit. Um, how much are you willing to overpay for a guy like that? Uh, and and is that number going to be lower than the typical overpay because the Wizards already have that's year one of John Wall's stupid contract where he's going to get thirty eight million. Does the new GM keep Bradley Beal. If they keep Bradley Beal, then I think that makes Sadoransky a little bit more available. Versus if they if they trade Bradley Beal, then they might as well just start spending money on the younger guys and, and building for the future. So interesting, interesting scenario there. 
but that again, now if you've got that cap space, that just changes the entire dynamic of what the Celtics can do. They can, but maybe what you do is you don't even sign a guy. Maybe you just hold that cap space. Like Jay was talking about earlier with other teams. If you miss your target, if the Celtics miss their target with Anthony Davis and, and everybody leaves, then you, you, I mean, you still have to fill out that roster, but maybe you save a lot of that cap space as a way to make an unbalanced trade around, you know, December or February, you can, you can start absorbing guys into cap space and you can pull the rebuild where Danny Ainge says, all right, fine, we're, we're rebuilding. We're going to give Tatum and Brown and smart a chance to develop together a little bit. Maybe you, maybe that's a scenario where you do trade Gordon Hayward and maybe you start taking back the guys, uh, team guys from teams that are trying to dump salary and will give you a pick for the right to do that. You know, we or, did good. And yeah, you, oh, you yeah. could go too with the route the, the 76ers went the last couple of years where they overpaid veterans on short term deals. Yep. Like, like they gave JJ Reddick, like, what was it, 20 million one year? They gave Amir Johnson 12 million per. And those guys got more money shorter term. So you can bring in veterans like that to get you to the playoffs, to surround yep. Tatum and Brown with, with quality mentors, whatever, like a Patrick Beverly type say. Yep. Like that's a good one. Th- throw big money at him over like two years or something and overpay him short term where he'll come in and help you, but maybe he's not in your long-term plans and then you maintain the flexibility moving forward. So th- there are so many, like, when you think about all the options that the Celtics could have, it really is crazy. I actually have Patrick Beverly on my team here with with Kyrie and Davis gone. I brought back uh, Al Horford in this scenario, just to differ from Tom. So I did the same thing. It's a five-year deal, spreading it out. Uh, it gives me a little bit of cap space to play with. Uh, I figured out I've got about 18 or so million in cap room. If I renounce, I'm renouncing everybody. Like everybody's gone. Mook is gone. Rozier is gone. I'm renouncing everybody. I'm I'm making myself, I'm giving myself cap space. So I gave Beverly a contract. Now the question is how much is Beverly worth? And I, I gave him a contract, a three-year deal. Like, like I gave Mook, like it's starting at 10 million. Is 10 million a good number for Beverly or is he going to get more? I kind of think he's going to get more. I, I, I could, I mean, I think, it, I, I think that he would probably get something closer to Marcus Smart money and maybe a little bit more. Just, I mean, he's gotten a lot of shine over the last couple of years as, mm-hmm. as somebody who, um, especially what he brought to the Clippers and, and how important he was to the way that they played. Um, so I, I think he'll end up getting more than 10, but um, I don't, you know, he's not like a max guy or anything like that. Yeah, that, that really hurts my, my entire scenario because I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'm I'm really maximizing my cap space here. Um, I, I have a, there's a room mid level exception that opens up in this. And I'm giving James Dennis that two years at four point seven million, so it's like a nine million dollar deal. Um, and then I'm giving the rest of the money basically to Dwayne Dedman. So I'm building in this scenario. I'm building defense. My second unit is is not going to score a ton, although. You know, Ennis can hit a three. Deadman can now hit a three. Uh, but they're they're going to really defend. They're going to defend like crazy. Uh, and I'm looking for um, basically to get out into transition and like get, get Jalen Brown running. I don't know if financially that's an actual possibility. But I think those three guys and, and, and you know, it, James Ennis, I think, is an interesting free agent because I think he can be had for somewhere around four or five million. And just looking at the Celtics moving forward, regardless, I feel like that's a guy that they might want to take a, a swing at. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my my five in this is Smart, Tatum, Hayward, Horford, Baines. My bench is Brown, Beverly, Ennis, Deadman, Robert Williams, Gershon Yabuselli, and Shemi Ojale. Um I don't know. I think I think it's a decent enough team, but uh, I think I think there are a ton of options when we open things up with Kyrie and Davis not not here. So let's take a break. Let's come back. Let's discuss the scenario that all three of us wrote about, which is 
Anthony Davis comes to town anyway. It's a messy one. We'll talk about that when we come back in the Lockdown Celtics podcast. After we were done writing about this, Tom and I both like messaged each other and we're just like, this sucks. I hate the scenario. You just don't, don't want to do this at all. It's Kyrie Irving leaves, but the Celtics trade for Anthony Davis anyway. And I can see why they would do it because you need a top five, top 10 player on your team to get to the NBA finals. Like, it's it's very difficult to have like a a good spread out to like you need that one star to take mm. over. Mm. Did somebody did somebody dispute that? Or 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 is that a child? Do I hear no a child? No dispute from me. <laughs> no. I thought I, I thought I heard a whine, but then I'm realizing it might be it might be Tom's child that's somewhere around the phone. Could be the dog uh, listen, I'm, my, I'm my sitting is... for too. Or maybe I'm just hearing yeah. things in my age. I'm out here, out here dog sitting. <laughs> All right. So I get it, but I hate it because it's still now the biggest problem in this scenario is you've given up salary. You've now taken back. You've given up multiple players. Marcus Smart, same trade. Marcus Smart is gone. Jason Tatum is gone. Robert Williams is gone. Um, however you frame this trade, it's still... Uh, it's, it's still a, a few players going out, one player coming back and, and not really much money. So Jay, let's start with you. What's, what's your thinking here with the Celtics trading for Anthony Davis? How do you build a roster? What's, what's your first move? Obviously you've got to try to convince him to stay like that is Goal yes. A, goal B, goal C as you put together your roster. And with that in mind, like I don't think you have much of a choice. You kind of have to keep Terry Rozier around in this scenario. Yeah. Um, you don't really have any money to go sp- spend if he leaves. So I kept Terry Rozier. He would be my starting point guard. Um, Jalen, who was not in my trade. It was the two, Hayward, the three, Horford, and Davis. And that, that like that's a really good starting five. And I think especially if, if Hayward does get healthy and and I, he he should at least be better than he was this past year. If he's what he was before, then that could be just a dangerous, dangerous starting five. Um, I think there's obviously hope that Rozier there would obviously be hope that Rozier and Brown in different environments would, would both play even better than they did last year. Um, and then the, the big thing for me is how do you build the bench? Uh, that, that's, that's where you start needing to make decisions. For, for me, I know you guys both kept Morris. I let Marcus Morris go. Uh, and I did that because I think Ojale is ready to take on those minutes and, do a reasonable job and he's also cheap and so by by letting morris go i was able to stay under the tax and then have the full mid-level um rather than the smaller mid-level and then i so i spent so much damn time (laughs) calling people to see what could be feasible what might not be feasible i called like four different people to see how washed up they think trevor ariza is Um, (laughs) And the results were mixed, but I ended up giving the full <laughs> full mid level to Trevor Ariza, and because I think he'd be the most impact player on the market if he can regain some of his form from two seasons ago or last last season, I guess he was really damn good. Um, and if you if he can approximate seventy five eighty percent of that, he's really good. He fits. He'd help the bench immensely. Um, so I used the full mid level on him, went with just a cheap point guard, used a biannual on Ish Smith. I don't know if he would do that. He's made $6 million this year. That'd be a pay cut to 3.6, but like an Ish Smith, Jeremy Lin type could be a solid backup. Um, 
and then you get to like the Raymond Fountains and <laughs> of the world <laughs> if you want to go deeper than that. Uh, and then I had, I think I brought back Larkin. PJ Dozier was on my squad because I do think he has the athletic profile of the guys who have kind of surprisingly made it. When you look at the guys like that, it's like like a Daniel House, an Alfonso McKinney, like the guys who have earned minutes on good teams out of nowhere have been guys who are long and athletic and can guard multiple positions. And I think Dozier is, has that type of versatile athleticism. Um, so it, it would just be like a flyer type thing for him. And then I think I signed Gerald Green <laughs> <laughs> as a potential shooter, like off the bench. But that's the thing. Like there's not a ton of knockdown shooting on that squad. There, there just wouldn't be. Maybe go after like a Kyle Corver. I don't, I don't know what he, what he'd be worth. I don't even know if he's a free agent. <laughs> but, but somebody like that, like you would need some shooting somewhere. And I don't know. It, it's, it is tough to, to build a bench. And then you, you got to convince Baines to stay, right? You guys right. both convince Baines to stay. That's yeah, another can, thing. Yep. And, and with Davis and Horford, that might be a lot to convince him to stay. Because so one. No, so one thing I, I considered with Baines was, like, if you – like, what if you convinced Baines to stay and you convinced Horford to stay and you said, listen, guys, like, we might juggle you guys in the starting lineup because I think Horford would actually bring a lot to – and obviously Horford would get way more minutes, um, but Horford would actually bring a lot to the second unit in terms of being able to facilitate the offense and in terms of, you know, just being, like, a very reliable pick-and-pop guy. And I think Baines and Davis in the starting lineup is actually pretty intriguing just with their kind of varied skill sets there and how much of a scoring load Davis would have to take on. I was kind of curious if you guys thought that was completely uh, ridiculous or if that was somewhat reasonable. No, I think Horford going to the bench is not the worst idea. And maybe, maybe the lineup might change depending in the playoffs because of matchups, but there's, you're going to have to manage Horford's minutes anyway. I think that knee is just something that you're going to have to watch for the rest of his career. Not that it's going to be a, a big hindrance, but regular season, you're just going to have to manage his minutes. So maximizing his minutes by bringing him off the bench, that's not the worst idea in the world. Uh, and then playoff time, you make the adjustments the way you need to make the adjustments. Um, I, I, I don't mind that. Especially if you've if you've renegotiated his salary, you've got a fifteen million dollar player coming off the bench who's in his kind of approaching mid thirties. That makes total sense, and and he really can be a a, a big time facilitator for them. I, I think that'd be really good. I've talked myself into going. Yeah, it makes sense too. It's really good. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay, I, I did think it was interesting that you let that you let Moot go um, and you ended up creating the, uh, or getting the room for the, for the full mid-level. Um, I also had the full mid-level um, for reasons we can get into later. Um, and I kept uh, get, even keeping Mook around, but uh, the, the guy that I pursued was Reggie Bullock um, with the full mid-level. And I, I don't even know if he would necessarily like require the full mid-level. Maybe he would, um, but I mean, he's, you know, he's uh, obviously struggled a little bit with the Lakers, but I mean, he's six, seven, he shoots like 39% from three. He's pretty versatile. Um, I don't know. I, I think he would be kind of an intriguing guy just in terms of somebody who brings versatility, who can, who can hit a three pointer and who um, wouldn't necessarily need, uh, you know, to always have the ball in his hands on, on a team that, you know, has some options anyway. Yeah. I think I was kind of scarred from this past year of all the talk about needing veterans that I was just like, yeah. <laughs> okay, if, if you're going to convince Anthony Davis, you can win a title, you're going to need a guy with championship experience who doesn't care what role he's going to play, who doesn't care about shots or anything like that. Maybe Reggie Bullock wouldn't either. Um, but we've seen Trevor Ariza like totally surrender to his role in Houston. Strong point. And, yep. and so th that was, that was kind of the, why I went in that direction. Um, I also think one of the interesting parts is I think the the teams we put together would, would have like a, a fighter's chance in the East, right? Like they wouldn't be the favorites in the East. Um, they wouldn't have much shot creation, especially out of like the guards. Um, they wouldn't have like that that killer perimeter score that teams title teams have have needed for 
forever now, I guess. Um, unless, <laughs> yeah. unless, unless Hayward comes back and like can approximate what he used to do, you can get some of that from him. Um, but what's interesting to me is, and what I think you'd have to stress to Davis is the flexibility to go out and get another star further on. And I think if you have Terry's contract and Jalen's potential and Hayward, assuming he rebuilds his value to whatever extent, um, I I think you can then use those guys as a package and you wouldn't have many draft picks left. Um, But there's, you could still like throw together some ways to to look for another star to put with Davis if you need one. And I I don't know like but to to me like the Kawhi, the Toronto Raptors with Kawhi have done it just about perfectly, right? And I don't know whether he's going to stay, but they built a team built entirely around him and put the right types of players around him to give them a chance to reach the finals, maybe win a finals this season and then show him you got to show him that you can do the same thing in the future and so i think that would be the trick with davis there would be a ton of pressure to win right away a ton of pressure to show him that the culture isn't isn't as bad as it seemed this past season (laughs) and that he would really like playing in boston and that that they can win and win big because obviously that seems to be what he's most interested in well, and I, there would be extra there would be extra pressure on the Celtics too because I mean the reason that the Raptors have been able to do this so well is because guys like Siakam you know can can have a night like he did last night where he just goes completely crazy and you know like do the Celtics have like that young guy like is Jalen that young guy who can can kind of break out in the way that Siakam could I, you know I don't know it's 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 difficult because Toronto kind of like they built their team around Kawhi, but then they also kind of got lucky because the team they had already built, even without Kawhi, was perfect for Kawhi. So it was, I don't know, it, Celtics are in a tough spot if uh, we haven't made that clear yet. <laughs> it's, it's very, yes. Um, the, all of these different approaches is so many, like I, my approach is is actually kind of boring because I went with the, you're stuck, you've just got to re-sign everybody. Resign. Rozier, re-signed Morris, uh, and I, I went with my same plan before. Like I, I'm, I'm still stuck on. We need a, a backup point guard, so I went with Corey Joseph again. I got Dudley and Crawford to come off the bench, try and help with some of the scoring. Uh, but the more interesting thing is really, Tom, how you created some of your cap space. Um, but you, you actually made the trade for Gordon Hayward. You got you traded Gordon Hayward to Memphis. Yeah, and I'm more and I'm partially just did it to like have a different look. Um but sure. yeah, I mean it got kind of crazy quickly. So I I basically traded um Hayward and then, you know, whatever picks would be necessary to trade Hayward for Mike Conley. Um and then, you know, the Celtics have, you know, Conley obviously isn't Kyrie. He's not quite that, you know, like deadly scorer that Jay was talking about, but he's closer. Um, and, you know, that gives the Celtics a star point guard or something close to a star point guard alongside Davis. Um, and then they were still able to build, you know, with, with Jalen and Horford and, you know, and then whatever you can build off the bench. I re-signed Mook because it was pretty much impossible without um, to, to do anything without using bird rights. So I ended up re-signing him. Um, I, I think I wonder in this scenario if there would be a kind of a thought to what uh, Jay was talking about earlier with re-signing Rozier and just telling him, listen, man, we're going to trade you. We promise we just we need this, uh, you know, we need this option. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so my team came together. I don't even know if it I, I don't know what to think of it, but it ended up being basically Conley, Jalen Brown, <laughs> Reggie Bullock in that starting lineup, uh, along with Davis and Horford. Um, and then I, you know, just kind of minimum guys off the bench plus Mook and then a couple of draft picks. Um, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. I, I kind of did it just to, like I said, just to see what it would look like if they did deal Hayward for somebody. Um, and if they were able to, to pick up somebody, you know, as a point guard without keeping Rozier around. But I mean, kind of the same problem as your guys' teams. I just, you know, my team certainly isn't like running away with the East. They're, they're pretty good. They would have a puncher's chance. They have, 
Anthony Davis, who would be the best player in, in most playoff series, but maybe not against the Bucks. And uh, yeah, it's it, like, other than that, there, there are definitely some holes in the roster that, that would need to be examined. That there would be. <laughs> um, yeah. There, and I think when we look at, why we did these things like some some of these scenarios like we we forced th- these scenarios upon ourselves to say okay if they do x then y is you know we we kind of communicated with each other so this isn't necessarily exactly how oh if i was gm i would do it this way we want to show you guys how what the different options are and none of them are great <laughs> really shockingly Building a team is hard in the NBA, and yeah. it's it's very difficult to convince these <laughs> it was, guys. Like, it was so hard, man. This was very difficult. <laughs> I was sitting there like, what the hell? My options are so bad right now. Like, who the hell am I going to get this mid-level to? I think I, at one point, I, who, I forget who I had it, but I called uh, one of my buddies who works for a team and he's like, this is just a dumbass signing. <laughs> <laughs> like, this would just be a disaster. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. I might want to reallocate those funds. <laughs> it's fine. It's funny. It's in, and you think about it, this is just like the theoretical stuff. Like we're just kind of like, ah, oh, well, maybe we'll get this guy in. Like you, you don't take into account, you haven't really taken into account like some personality issues and whatever. Um, and, and the other thing that you learn is some of the mechanisms here in the collective bargaining agreement and things like, I think I know and like, Oh shit, I didn't realize that. So I, and I, I should say somebody brought this up to me on Twitter. I, I forgot who it was, but like I screwed up the, what Kyrie could get going elsewhere because they, they have this tier of like, I think eight years, eight years of service or seven years, I forget what the number is, but like you can still get 30% of the cap. So Kyrie can actually, if he leaves, get 30% of the cap from somewhere else, but he only gets 5% raises versus 8% raises. So that changes the dynamic of whether he would actually go in these scenarios and, and what would his motivation be? And you start learning more about like base year compensation. Like, what the, does anybody know about base year compensation? Well, do now when you start figuring out Hey, can I sign and trade Kyrie or sign and trade uh, uh, Terry Rozier? Like that's there are complicated mechanisms, and you know, full mid level versus taxpayer mid level, and being hard capped because you used one versus the other. It's 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 very difficult, and that's why you need somebody who's like a genius at this stuff, like Mike Zarin, to to pull the strings and and figure these things out because it's very very difficult stuff. At one point, you even forgot whether or not Robert Williams was on the team. I really did. I, for, I did, didn't even include him on my roster because I didn't include – it was like the second the second day, and I had already traded him <laughs> in the first scenario, so I just kind of – he was out of my head. And so it's <laughs> it's very important to have, like, I remember who's on the team. <laughs> I, I think really the lesson that I learned is I'd be a terrible, terrible general manager. Like, I would just be horrible at this. And I think that most people, and we, and we were doing it with like basically every avenue we wanted open to us. Yeah, right. Like we weren't even negotiating against people. <laughs> right. I just, I just foisted upon Marcus Morris a three-year, thirty-five million, <laughs> as if that's what he would take. And he, you're going to be happy with this. Like he might be like, no, nah, screw you. I'm going to take fourteen somewhere else. Like, yeah, yeah. That's so. It's a very difficult thing. And I think I hope the one thing that you listening and reading have learned is that we are dumbasses. Well, that (laughs) I think I think after all this time, they've probably already known that. (laughs) 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 But um, a lot of times, if you're listening to the hot takers on sports talk radios, just go get this guy. It's not always that easy. It's not always that as easy as going to get a guy. It's complicated. And part of why we did this is to show you the complicated decisions. Like, how many times, Tom, have we gone back and forth and be like, 
what do you think Reggie Bullock is worth? And what do you think Corey Joseph is worth? And trying to like, just at least figure out the value of a guy and, and how much you want to give a guy and, and what the, the implications might be. I mean, this is all complicated stuff and, and some of the reductive, just go get a star, just go get this type of player. It's, it's extraordinarily difficult to do when you're building a team in the NBA. I do think one thing that I miscalculated, um, and I'm going back now a year, and this is why, to me, trading for Anthony Davis is still, like, I, I still think the Celtics should do it, even if Kyrie walks. Um, although I'm not 100% sure on that at all. <laughs> like, I could waffle <laughs> back and forth. Don't hold me to that. But one thing I think we, everyone miscalculated a year ago was the risk of not going out and doing a lot to get someone like Kawhi. And the risk ended up being that, you know, the Celtics weren't as good as people thought they were. And Kyrie had a frustrating season. A lot of players had frustrating seasons. And if, if they had traded for Kawhi, you know, maybe everything unfolds differently. So I think the, the risk we talked about last year was always like, oh, you're, you're, you're getting rid of this. You'd be getting rid of young talent and you'd be breaking up a team that looks like it has so much promise. But it's like there's risk to not going and getting the superstar, too. And so that, that's one thing that's kind of struck me about the, the fallout of the Kawhi stuff. And obviously see everything looks different in hindsight but but the real risk of not going out and getting that guy when you have a chance to do it like there's a real risk there and the it'll upside be fascinating. of it like like toronto has seen it can be enormous it'll be fascinating to me to see if that overcorrects like if teams like start oh well you know paul george stuck around and Kawhi won a title or came close to winning a title in toronto um i think it'll be really interesting to see if i mean like we all we're all extremely high on Anthony Davis. We all think that he's like just an unbelievable basketball player, but I mean, it'll be, I think it'll be really interesting to see if, I mean, like if a Celtics trade for him and, you know, in just taking my scenario, for example, I mean, is, is Mike Conley like a huge upgrade over Drew Holiday? And like, I, I don't know for sure. And, you know, do the Celtics overcorrect trade for Davis anyway, give up their young pieces. And then because they saw what happened with Kawhi and then they're still kind of like, you know, a good team, but not like an amazing one. And then Anthony Davis leaves and, you know, they're left holding nothing because they looked at Kawhi and Paul George and said, oh, we think we can get him to stay anyway. I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's complicated. And I think there's, there's a balance that that's, that's going to be really difficult for teams to find there um, where they, where they do make the right decision in the moment um, or what looks like a right decision in the moment. And it can still come back to bite them. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think <laughs> I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. 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 Like, like a lot of times on this podcast. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's me saying, I don't know. I don't, I you both, you both make good points. And there's uh, another point to be made that you like, you said at the, at the, in the moment coming off of last year where Brown was like looking great and you think, and it's not just the talent you think, okay, this guy's developing. He's on his rookie deal. Like financially you you're leaving yourself these, these options. And I think for Ainge, he was always looking for Anthony Davis. Like Davis was the guy and Kawhi presented himself. And I think my guess, I'm just guessing that Ainge saw Anthony Davis with no question marks about his health, with no question marks about what his motivation would be, at least at the time, and said, yeah, we can get Kawhi. We're not sure about his quad. We're not sure if he's just going to bolt. We're going to hold tight. We're going to let Jalen Brown develop. We're going to let him increase his value theoretically, and we're going to make the pitch for Anthony Davis because we love Anthony Davis more than we like Kawhi Leonard. And I think that's a that was a reasonable position to take i don't think that anybody was really it's not that oh it's being spun as well they wouldn't give up can you believe they wouldn't give up Jalen brown for Kawhi leonard 
it's not that it was just that it's they had other things in mind like the the anthony davis trade was always the trade that's where it was if there's a criticism of danny ainge maybe he shouldn't have been as hyper focused on that but things have changed since then like clutch sports got involved like we didn't know that and we didn't know that he was going to blow up this whole thing and, and force his way to la or try to force his way to la like shit changed real fast but I, I can see in that moment why that decision wasn't made. But I can also see the point of, well, even though, you know, if you feel like you can get Kawhi and pair those two, you just do it and forget about waiting a year because you don't know what's going to change. You have your star player now. Like, I can see both sides of this issue. So, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right well we hope you've enjoyed this it's it, kind of a wonky podcast and practice and, and all of this stuff from from a team building perspective but just again it goes to show it's there are a lot of options none of them are perfect and there are ways to justify a lot of things in team building in the nba so i want to thank you for listening want to thank all of our sponsors again hotels.com don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Untuck it. They have a great untucked look that makes you feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Untuckit.com. Use the promo code NBA for 20% off. Or Grip6 Belts. Or I should say, and also thank you to Grip6 Belts. Ultra light. No holes. No flap. Great Father's Day gift if you go to Grip6.com slash lock. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics podcast on the Himalaya podcast app, which is free. Very, very easy to use. Every podcast, every Lockdown podcast is there. You can follow, uh, like, comment there. So please do that. Give us a thumbs up and comment on individual episodes on the Himalaya podcast app. You can also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Celtics. That's it. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked on Celtics. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.